<laughs> but then I like get all settled to like go to sleep at 9 p.m. And normally I make fun of her because my mom, if she doesn't see one of the cats for a while, she like goes around the house shaking the thing of treats, screaming their name. And I was like, calm down, calm down. But then like after two hours or something, this started around eight something maybe we could not find him and then we started like looking outside and he was under the deck he wouldn't come out for milk he wouldn't come out for treats he was just staring at us under the deck but like you can't really crawl under there to get him right and then my dad the whole time was just being very flippant and he was just like he's fine you know that's before we even found him under the deck he's like he's fine whatever whatever and we were like you need to get this cat so my mom and we're like coaxing him like mm-hmm. being so sweet he loves my mom that's like my mom's cat my dad comes out and he just fucking comes trotting right out oh my god screw you don't get Anim- us while, while we're down cat animals are funny like that yeah and i don't know he was acting like weird when he came back in <laughs> and i was like i feel like if you spend too much time outside like they kind of like revert to being wild for a yeah. little bit it might he was mocking me my dad he's like He's like, oh, Ashley Naborski, animal psychologist. Where'd you get your degree? Ha ha ha. Like cracking up at his own joke. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> shut up. But yeah, so that kept me up later than I wanted. So I just like woke up in a daze again today this morning. I'm like, oh my God. But you know what? I was like, this was a riveting episode of Survivor. And it kind of like got me on my toes or kept mm. me on my toes. And now I'm kind of amped. Yeah, this was a good episode. Let's get to it. Welcome to Idle Chatter. I'm Laura. I'm Ashley. A renowned animal psychologist. <laughs> we're your hosts, and we're currently recapping season 29, Blood versus Water 2 of Survivor. Typically, when there's a live Survivor season, we will drop episodes recapping those brand new episodes. In this off season, we're doing a little bit something different we're recapping old seasons like i said right now we're on season 29 we'll also occasionally have a special interview like the one from last week with bryce isaiah of season 28 survivor he also has the purple pants podcast it was an amazing episode if you haven't checked it out i guess finish this one but then maybe go back and then listen to that because definitely go back you know we Yes. And, you know, we debated a little bit about how to structure that because, you know, Ashley and I were both avid podcast listeners, too. And I know sometimes if you're in the flow where you're like, where's my season 29 recap? Um, You know, having something special or different just put in the middle can maybe disrupt your flow of listening. But I, we, we really liked it. And we, you know, we had thought about maybe just putting it in at the beginning of a regular recap and then getting into the recap. But we loved the conversation so much we wanted to stand on its own. Yeah, definitely. I know because I know sometimes even like there are certain podcasts I listen to and they're like, wow, this super special, awesome, different thing. And I'm like, I'm here for normalcy. I want my regular, my regular thing. And I don't always listen to it right away. But honestly, this is worth the listen 100%. I mean, I don't want to talk down about what we normally do. I love what we normally do. But I don't know, I had a really good time. And yeah, it, it was a pretty big light bulb moment for me. Because you know, all like the cliches about like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life or like, create the thing that you wish existed. I don't know, man. I was I was up late editing the episode. I was up until like 1 a.m. And I was like not upset about it because I was enjoying listening to the episode as I 
went. And as I was listening back to it, I was like, this is a conversation I want to hear. Like, because again, if you, if you've listened, then you, then you, you know what it was, but if you haven't, it's, it's a pretty good balance where it's maybe 50% survivor T, but then 50% other stuff, like, you know, Rice's life before survivor, you know, the work that he does as a social worker and also an advocate for diversity and inclusion within the survivor community. So I, I just loved the mix and it was such a good back and forth between the two. So that, that, and that's the kind of stuff that interests me because, you know, I, I do try and stay up to date on a lot of the survivor podcasts out there. And I think we all do a bunch of different things really well. I've said this before, but I think some, you know, they'll dissect the edit a little bit heavier than we do. Some get into the statistics a little bit heavier than we do. Like everybody brings a different specialty to the table. And we're no mathematicians here. Oh, no, 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 no. I was kicked out of pre-calculus. Yeah, I think, I think I might've got a C in my statistics course in college. So we'll, we'll leave that at that. But yeah, yeah, but it's so, interesting to listen to, but not something I want to want to. Yeah, dive not into. exactly. I can't do that. So I, you know, what what I think that we're hoping to do with these interviews is try and offer, you know, the the, the human stories. Like I want to know. I, I mean, obviously, we want to we want to know about Survivor, but I also think what what makes us special is talking about. Well, what was your life like before this? What's your life like now? You know, not just what was your life like on the island because we kind of already know that. But I will say when it comes to the survivor stuff, Bryce did share some very interesting tidbits. Like I thought the part about spoiler alert, the part about how, um, when they got there, it was sunny out, but they made them wait a few extra days to start playing the game because they wanted to time it up with the, the the storm that came so that it would be like a dramatic TV. Does Jeff Probst think he is God? Because I know. He's like God right now. Maybe he is. I don't know. But damn. Oh, yeah. So it was just a really good conversation. I, I wish he was here for, I mean, it was just so, just so fun. Uh, and it, I also thought it was funny how, like, I, I kind of wanted to go in chronological order and Ashley was, you know, she, you're a more spontaneous person. you like, you'll just be like, wait a second. Yeah, uh, and he's, he is kind of like a good middleman between us to, to go back and forth. But yeah, well, it gets me excited too. Cause like, I mean, I really would hope that Bryce will come back one day, but then also too, I'm thinking about other people that, you know, we might be able to get to come on and speak to. I'm just really excited. I mean, I think you know, we might have something in the works for someone from this very season. Nothing confirmed yet, but that would be very exciting. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But for now, let's let's get into episode nine. This episode's called Get Into Crunch Time. And boy, are we. We're, get, we're getting down to the end. Shit's getting real. Yeah. So we start off back at camp after tribal, as we always do. And I'm just like, okay. It's clear that I've I've picked a side here, and I think that okay, not a definitive side, but my side is with Keith Nail, like obviously, <laughs> but it's also with Josh and Reed, and then Josh was voted out, and I mean it's but still don't with you Jeremy. Love, but you love Jeremy and Natalie like that. But no, but okay, it's still with Jeremy. It's still with Natalie. But I think going mm-hmm. into it last week. It kind of seemed like John and Jacqueline were picking between Josh and Reed and picking between Missy and Baylor. I know Jeremy and Natalie are there yeah. with them, 
But it just kind of felt like that to me, like ignoring Jeremy and Natalie for the moment, even kind of like ignoring. I don't know. It just it felt like it was like a Missy and Baylor versus Josh and Reed. And I feel like everyone you've listened knows where I stand in that divide. And yeah. it's with Josh, Josh and Reed, clearly. But so I don't know. It's just like, I don't like this. Like Missy's like hugging John. I feel I feel like she's like, all right, kid. Oh, and then this- John. Yeah. John's like. She, he's like talking to Missy and Jacqueline and Baylor. It's just like it's clear like those four. It's clear that those are the four. The cringiest, the, the cringiest part to me was when Baylor hugs John and goes, "You're the big brother I never had." I'm like, "Ew, you're fawning all over these people." I like, feel like it's a weird dynamic. It's I don't know. So it's weird. So, I don't. I, I. I don't know. It's just you know, John and Jacqueline. <sighs> They were the, the, they're like the prom king, the prom queen, and, you know, everyone wants them to be in their friend group. And it's just weird to me, because, like, kind of, where did Jeremy and Natalie go? Why are, like, Missy and, I I just don't know where this came from. And this is where things kind of take a turn for me with, with John and Jacqueline. Not saying I don't like them as people. Like, I, I clearly, I do very much. Like, you know, I follow them on social media. I am rooting for them. Like, with their pregnancy journey, like their surrogacy journey. I enjoyed watching Jacqueline on say yes to the dress. And then like some snippets from their wedding at the end of the episode. I'm a fan. I like them as people, but at this point in the game, I'm like not rooting for John and Jacqueline at all. Really? Right. Well, and I think it's cause you know, I, I love an underdog and it's to, to see people this comfortable. It's, it's just not quite that interesting to me. And I don't necessarily fault them for that. I mean, they're playing a sick game. They are playing an amazing game. I mean, they're, look at them. They are, but it, yeah, I know. There, there's going to be trouble in paradise. You can't just, you know, be the prom king and the prom queen forever and not have any problems. You know, you're clearly going to burn some people along the way. And also too, as it is later pointed out, John's not the best liar, and I feel like if you are gonna lie in this game, you need to be good at it. So I, some interesting things are gonna happen later this episode, but yeah. So I just didn't like this whole like Missy Baylor John John Jacqueline powwow, and then poor Reed. I mean, oh, Josh just got voted out, and Reed is pissed. We see a whole new side of Reed, and I am here for it because I, everyone's like. Reed, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Inside, he is fucking furious. And like, also, the gears are turning, <laughs> and he's he's making moves. So, Reed becomes, dare I say, maniacal. Is that? Do you think that's the right yeah, word? Like, like in like in a compliment, in a complimentary way, not like oh, the, I mean it like, in the very like best way. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. like I'm here for this read. I love to see it. I love that his wheels are turning. I love that he's being scrappy. Yeah. We'll get we'll get there, but like don't you count him out. But it's we we got a lot to cover. Um, yeah, and I think what I like too is you know you know again John John's like is that, does everyone hate me and Baylor's like yeah he feels bad. I never had. I'm like okay, you know John, you know if you're gonna put yourself in this position, if you're gonna be the big man on campus, you know you need. To live with your choices and, you know, accept, you know, 
the repercussions of them. Yeah, but that's, it's, that's it, a good point. I think because there was something about it that was off-putting to me and I couldn't quite figure out why. But now as I listen to you say that, I think it's because it's like we just don't – I think you and I are similar in this way. We like to see people own their game. And if you're going to flip, fine own it but I you know seeing him struggle with the morality of it I think at one point he says something like you know I I really led them on and it's like well I mean yeah that's the game I just uh, yeah I mean I guess I don't know if it's fair because if he was if he was owning it and he was being confident I'd be like oh he's being real cocky I I don't know it just there yeah it's it's much more fun to it's much more fun to watch an underdog and I think that's part of the reason that we like Keith I think it's part of the reason we like Natalie I think it's part of the reason we like Reed so it's just getting a little played out for me at this point yeah so then it's just really funny because I just love when there's this tension and I, I feel like Keith always just has a way of just like bringing the humor like even though even if he's being dead serious cracks yeah. me up so, uh, you know after Tribal he's like you two jump ship quick yeah. I was like dying and then I guess I, I I think I okay my subtitle said Josh but I don't know if they meant John I think it, it did, did say John and I think Keith was like John's been lying to me for 18 days Missy's been lying to me for 17 days yeah yeah I'm- and then he he says, I have the idol. The thing about that is playing at the right time. So, you know, for all of our talk about Keith not being the most strategic player, he he does have an awareness of his situation. Yeah. And, you know, he says at this point, he's had it with John. He's had it with Missy. Me, me too, Keith. Me too. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically says, it's getting to crunch time now. And there we have our episode title. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we get into the challenge reward? Yeah. Or the reward challenge? I don't know why I repeated that backwards. It's fine. It's We're tired. We need, we so, need more coffee and a nap. Here's what we're going to do. We divide into two teams and one person from each team, they're going to get onto this wobbly beam, kind of like a balance beam, but super wobbly. And it's strategically placed over a giant pit of mud. And you're going to try and knock the other person off. This reminded me of that challenge from earlier in the season. That was kind of like a bumper ball scenario. It was very reminiscent of that. Yeah, Uh, I like these. They're just very straightforward. They're They're playing to five. And their reward is they go on a luxury fishing yacht. I just heard fishing yacht. And I'm like, can they actually fish? Like, I hope Keith can go. (laughs) (laughs) And they get sandwiches. Soft drinks for the youngins, aka like spotlight on Baylor right there, and then cocktails and champagne for the adults. Now I wonder, that would kill me. By the way, like I, I would. Baylor's never had a yeah, like Baylor's never had a drink in their life. But I just wonder, what's the drinking age in Nicaragua? Like, okay, I guess maybe it's like a survivor. Like they don't want to be responsible for an underage American drinking in another country. Because I'm assuming you. Baylor's like 20. I'm assuming she could drink in Nicaragua like on her own, but right. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Want to know more about that later, but so here are our teams. We have team one is going to be Wes, Missy, John, Jacqueline, and Keith. Team two is going to be Alec, Baylor, Reed, Jeremy, and Natalie. Mm hmm. Which I I was inclined I was leaning to, I was I was pretty sure Team Two was gonna pull this out you know and I, I I don't know what the best time to mention this is but you know who has really been fading to the background is Alec yeah we haven't seen much of him recently uh, I don't know that Alec had one prominent speaking line in this episode no I don't think he did 
So it conveniently starts raining and Jeff says, this is going to be a nice muddy challenge. And it, it sure is. So they're playing until five. So the first team to get five points, which you get a point if you knock the opponent out, is going to win. The first matchup is Wes versus Reed. John is hyping up Wes with talk of the sandwiches. I immediately, well, this was this one was hard for me to separate present day from past because now Reed is basically an acrobat like the performances he does are like very much like Cirque du Soleil shit and I was like oh this it's is gonna not be actual Cirque du Soleil it's right not exactly <laughs> like it, it, it may actually be I he's, he's I think he's definitely done some Cirque du Soleil read let us know but I, I believe at the time I don't think he was doing quite all that much I think he was just doing Broadway and I don't know how much acrobatics were involved in that but so I was immediately thinking I'm like oh Reed has this in the bag which he, he, he did um but I I, I couldn't separate the, t- the two reads if you will yeah no but I mean he's still like his dancer like definitely has control oh, good point good point of, of his body and like balance mm-hmm. and stuff so and the one thing is it's hard too because I like people on both sides like on the first team we have Keith and Wes there, and uh, we know I love Keith. And I'm sorry, who doesn't want to see Wes eat a bunch of sandwiches and drink a bunch of cocktails and champagne <laughs> and just, like, say hilarious stuff and get ill? Not not like I enjoy him getting ill, but just, like, it's comical, like, the whole taco yeah. thing. Like, I wanted that. But then also, like, I want Jeremy to win. I want Reed to win. I want Natalie to win. So it's hard because I'm like, who am I rooting for here? <laughs> I know, but ultimately Reed does win this one. Wes falls off. So one point for yellow. Next up, we have Natalie versus Jacqueline. And Jacqueline starts trying like this new move where she's bouncing on the to make the beam wobbly for Natalie. We also I thought thought at one point it was really funny. Natalie was like, she's got these long ass arms and it, it was kind of an advantage. However, Jacqueline tried this move, but she ended up falling in. So Natalie won. So that's two points for yellow at this point. Now we have mm-hmm. John versus Jeremy, you know, I feel like battle of the strong dudes. And mm-hmm. I don't really remember much about this one, but basically Jeremy goes in. Yep. John wins. Yeah, so they seem like pretty quick matchups and that for sure could be the edit. We don't know how long these really were, but it, it does seem like it's pretty quick. One wrong move. You're going in the mud. So now we have Missy and Baylor. Always, they always end up. And honestly, I'm sorry, Missy. Have a little fight. I know you gave birth to her, but just shove her off the beam. Like, you can just tell there's like a reluctance. But you know, Aww. I don't. I'm I'm not a mother, but you know, I'm sorry. You're. She's not going to get hurt falling in the mud. Like she'll be fine. So I don't yeah. know. It's just annoying. And ultimately, Baylor ends up winning. I mean, who knows? Like maybe Baylor would have won anyway. But I just feel like Missy. You can tell she's not giving it her all, and that it's not just you. It's your team on the line. Like. I'm I am just skeptical because after I keep calling it the bumper balls challenge because it reminds me of that Mario Party game. But after the one challenge where, you know, Baylor got hurt or whatever, and we we all saw that. But I I just wouldn't if I was the team, I would have been like, oh, maybe maybe like Baylor should go against, you know, the I forget if it's John or Jacqueline or Natalie. But yeah, that actually makes sense because, okay, Natalie probably could take out either Missy or Jacqueline. Why not just give the point to Natalie by having Missy go? Right. And then 
Jacqueline could actually beat Baylor probably. So I don't know. I, I just don't think it's a good strategic move on that team's part by putting Missy up. Um, now we have Keith versus Alec. And I'm sorry, Keith is very graceful as well. He- Keith did amazing. This was the best, most interesting matchup. It's it's all wobbly. And then at one point, Keith pulls out this fucking move. He just stands so still. He's just like, standing like- there. Keith's calm. He's not bothered. Mm. And then Alec and Alec is trying to do something and he just like ends up like falling off himself. He knocks him over like a feather. And I loved that the, his team is chanting Keith, 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 Keith. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, I guess we're three yellow and then two blue. So right. And so they're going to go again. But what's actually, there's a whole new element because now they're covered in mud, which mm-hmm. makes it, I think, a little bit harder because it's going to be slippery. At one point, so we have Reed versus Wes again. And at like Wes kind of gives him like a slap and then he gets mud in his eye, which I'm not saying that that's why Reed fell in, but he, he did fall in. Sorry, bud. Yeah. So now we're all tied up. And now we have Jacqueline versus Natalie again. And then I feel like this is just a repeat of last time where Jeff's like, oh, Jacqueline's making a move and it doesn't work. And Jacqueline's in. It's like the same thing. So now we are four yellow, three blue. Mm -hmm. We have John versus Jeremy again. Another repeat. John wins. So we're all tied up. The last matchup. And it's Missy and Baylor. Everything is on the line. Yeah. And again, I I don't know. It just it kind of seems like a lack of effort on Missy's part to me. I don't know. But Baylor, it, Baylor prevails. She was very pleased with herself, too. Yeah. And so Yellow wins. Yellow wins. And they're getting ready for the reward. And we see something interesting happen. Mm-hmm. Natalie asks Jeff if she can switch places with somebody on the losing team. And Jeff's like, okay, yeah, I guess. And she says she's going to give her spot to John. And then Jeremy pipes up and says he's going to give a spot to Jacqueline. Which, okay, I don't know. I understand it could be like, oh, thank you so much for choosing our side last time. But I I don't know, like, why are you? Why are you putting them on a pedestal? I don't understand. And also, like... They're being treated like a king and queen. Yeah, and I feel like, okay, so Natalie gives it to John, and then Jeremy's like, oh, but you know how John feels. You also got to respect his girl. Hmm. So it's not all about John, so Jacqueline needs to go, too. I think this edit was a little confusing because I they must have premeditated this. They must have discussed this beforehand because it was so well oiled that I just I would be surprised if they thought of it on the spot but yeah. again they didn't know it's going to be a team thing it, it's hard to say but so the other thing that works out is then they end up sending Jeremy to exile and their whole thinking is oh we need to make sure somebody from our alliance is the one on exile because if there's an idol we don't want the other alliance to get it but there's some interesting ramifications there but the thing about it is, so it's Baylor, Reed, and Alec, and then with Natalie and Jeremy giving up their spots, that puts John and Jacqueline in the power position to make that choice. 
they they ultimately choose Jeremy to go. I mean, I'm sure he could have been like, yeah, man, send me like from, you know, not like mouthing the words or something. But they choose they do choose to send him. But John knows there's no idol there. So Jer in Jeremy's mind, he's like, oh, great. You know, I'll get this for my alliance. But yeah. John, John knows that's not going to happen. But I don't think John's necessary he kind of says later he's not necessarily thinking that in his moment it's like after the fact he's like oh this might have been bad one thing I will say is I think this is really where we start to see Natalie Anderson come alive as the strategic player we know she is because like it or not it was a strategic move which you, we, we get into that in tribal I believe it was described as a a selfish selflessness because you you are giving something up for somebody else but in a way that it also benefits you too it it was it was really an interesting move yeah so we we go back to camp and you know natalie's talking about her decision basically saying it's kind of like leverage it makes sense keith he's like he's with you for life now about mm-hmm. john and then you know wes and keith are talking about are talking to Natalie and she's like, yeah, I, I want Reed next, which I mean, kind of, kind of makes sense. You know, you got rid of Josh. You're not working with Reed, you know, yeah. rid of him. And Wes, Wes is like, I don't want to be hashtag blindsided. Right. Cause Keith was saying earlier when it comes to his idol, he, he had this really grand vision where he was like, well, maybe we can find out when they're going to send one of us and then we'll all vote for one person and then I'll play the idol and they won't know I'm going to play it and then we'll be able to blind someone. He didn't say it quite as succinctly, but (laughs) this is kind so he, he was, this was Wes trying to subtly be like, yeah, let us just, we don't want to be blindsided, but what he's really trying to do is figure out when they're going to write down their name so that they can pull off this move. We'll see how that goes later, but... This is kind of where their heads are at. Yeah. So now we just go like just very briefly to Jeremy on exile. You know, he's just kind of, you know, speaking to us saying, you know, he wants to bring the idol back for his alliance. And then he's like, oh, that's the yacht I'm supposed to be on. You know, that's basically all it is. And then we go to the yacht. I don't think I've ever seen anyone so gleeful in their life as Reed seeing a dolphin jumping out of the water. That's (laughs) adorable. He's like (laughs) really into it. You know, John's just, you know, relishing in the reward, you know. They, they kissed a bunch on that yacht. Oh, God. I, I don't even know if I, I, I think I'm immune to it at this point. <laughs> I, I don't even pick up on it. Um, and then we get some nice, uh, and also Reed mentions, he's like, oh, yeah, like John and Jacqueline weren't, weren't supposed to be here, but okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, this is totally Natalie trying to ingratiate herself. And then he goes, it makes me want to hurl because it's so transparent. And I mean, yeah. it, it is. It, it, that is right. It's just like, okay, remember um, in Winners at War when Sarah gives up the Chinese food challenge to Nick because it's his birthday or something? And we were yeah. just like, okay, I feel like it. I feel like it's it could be a good deed, but no one's thinking you're doing a good deed. It is self-serving. Like no one's no one's like you're doing this just to be a nice person. No one's gonna think that. And I think even th- I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it makes you look good. It might make you look good to the person that's getting the advantage. Like you know, John and Jacqueline might be like, "Wow, that was awesome. I got to eat." But no one. I don't know. It just makes you a bigger threat when you do it's, something. It's like pretty that. hard to to pull off. Yeah. Reed also Reed also says that he doesn't have anything left to lose right now, and I am just like I am ready to see chaos. Reed, I am so yeah. ready for it. 
So now we go to Jeremy. Um, he, it's nighttime. On He's Exile. having a hard time. Oh my god, I felt so. My skin was crawling. He's just like laying there on a pile of rocks, and then you can see the little crabs like Ugh. skittering all around him, and then. You know, he's just like, oh, man, it's tough. There's no shelter. And then and it's like dusk. You can tell in the morning he's just sitting there and he's like, I, you know, I was up all night. I'm feeling really lethargic. I, I didn't find the idol. You know, I might as well give it another shot. And You can't find it anywhere. Him. Yeah, he goes to the same like rock formation where John, as we know, found the idol previously. And he's like, I have looked all over this thing. And I'm it kind of makes me think, does John have it? Because... You know, if John did have it, he should have told me as a member of his alliance, and then I wouldn't have had to go into exile for these two days. You know, this yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't so, say but it, it fucking sucked. Yeah. So at the same time, back on the beach, John and Jacqueline are talking, and this is where John kind of realizes a little bit the error of this trade, which is that. John knows that Jeremy is going to know that John found the idol because he's like, Jeremy's not a dumb guy. Everybody knows Jeremy's not a dumb guy. Nobody's going to believe for a second that Jeremy just couldn't find it. Yeah. So he's worried that he, Jeremy's going to expose him, John, as a liar, which is a reasonable thing to be worried about because yeah. we'll, we'll see. So. Now we go to immunity. Um, I guess this is the first time we've ever seen this challenge. It does come back in later seasons. Um, so this is an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, Jeff describes what you're going to do. You're going to untie your puzzle pieces or your blocks rather and release them. You're, you're sitting there. You're going to untie the rope. Your blocks are going to fall into a basket you're going to assemble them in a circular pattern. I, I, a, a multi, I think maybe three different tiers. Yep. And then you place your flag in the middle. But you're doing Here's the twist. using your feet. And everyone's like, what? Um, this, I would be awful at this. I have such a long torso. I have such short legs. I am not flexible. I feel uncomfortable when I'm getting a pedicure and my legs uh. like... I have to like adjust the chair just right. So like, I don't get a leg cramp trying to get my feet like on the, I don't know what it's called, where you put your feet when they're doing your toes. Like it, I, I'm looking at this. I'm like, ouch, my, my hamstrings, but I am of two minds. I initially thought that I would be really good at this because I don't know how to say this without it sounding weird, but I am pretty good at doing things with my feet. And I only mean that to be like, if I'm sitting at my desk well, not my desk at work, but my desk at home, and I'm barefoot. If I were to drop a pen on the floor, I could pick that up with my feet. Not saying that that's that special. I'm just saying, like, I could do that. And I, I the only reason I do, but I'm saying you're sitting there using right, well, yeah, ab muscles. And, exactly. Like, I think it's about the core. But just to just so nobody thinks I'm like a weird foot person, which fine hmm. if you are. But I think about this a lot because I don't. Actually, you've never watched The Walking Dead, right? No. I but I know there are some Walking Dead fans in the Survivor community. I'm specifically thinking of our boy Davey. I know he likes the Walking Dead. But there's a there's a really prominent scene where somebody like 
their their hands are tied and they have to get this like knife with their feet in order to free themselves and ever since i saw that and they spoiler alert they couldn't do it and so ever since i saw that i you know i'll make it a point to pick up something with my feet once in a while because if i'm ever in a zombie apocalypse i want to know that i can yeah you need to hone all of your but you're right. I think it's the core work that would really get you because you have to balance your legs in such a way that if you knock over a block, that's really going to set you back. By the way, if you knock a block over, you are allowed to pick it up with your hands and put it back in the basket. But that's yeah. the only thing you can use your hands for. So I, mean, I don't even think we need to go that much into it because there's there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, everyone's Did you mention? Thing. Oh, Did you ahead. mention that you have to put a flag in the middle at the end? Yes, yes. So okay. then flag in the middle well, at the end. I mean, I will say, I think it's a little bit surprising who is doing well in this challenge. Like, it really could be anybody's game. I think, you know, in the beginning, Keith and Natalie pull ahead a little bit, but everyone follows follows them pretty shortly. It really comes down to Reed's doing really well, Jeremy's doing okay, and then Baylor is doing really well, too. Keith was doing well a lot of the time, though, because pretty much when I was taking notes, Jeff kept being like, oh, it's Keith and Reed uh-huh. in the lead on the last level. And then Keith ends up knocking some blocks over, and I guess he can't recover. And then all of a sudden, it's like a Reed versus Baylor showdown. And I was like, yes, where the hell did Baylor yes. come from? Like, where did and she come from? Like, I don't know, but... And basically towards the end, it really, it, it's the last few blocks that are the challenge, right? Like Reed will place his last block, but then it'll fall and it'll knock over one other. Baylor will place her last block. It'll fall and knock over one other. So it, it's really, a, like you said, a Baylor-Reed's showdown and it takes them a little bit to, to get to the end. I will say, yeah, the end comes and, and Baylor wins. And I will say yeah, she's there. She very easily, like, I'm sorry, if I tried to put that flag in, I would knock over the whole stack. But I feel like she very seamlessly puts that flag in. So, I mean, good on her. Good, good for Baylor. Good performance, you know. Oh, it's, not what I, it's not what I wanted, but. I know, Reed, I was rooting for you, buddy. Like, I wanted you to win. But Thank then you. we get one of our most delicious Reed quotes yet. Reed says, I might be going home tonight, so I will light this camp on fire on my way out. It's amazing. Honestly, it's I feel so like, good. I know. I feel like when your when your back is against the wall, you can either like take it quietly and like, you know, surrender to your fate. You can take it quietly and like kind of subtly try to do work, or you can light shit on fire. I feel like something that Reed did is, yeah, he's gonna burn this camp to the ground. But at the same time, he's making very good moves to yeah, as, keep himself as, in at the same time. I'm sure. As Taylor Swift once said, I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. I I think your point is a good one about how there's some players who they choose to go the route of life is shit on fire, but they do it in a very loud way where you know what they're doing. But Reed really, he so has some nuance branch, to a it. A branch in hands, if you will. I'll pee in the right. rice. Right, I'll exactly. It's like, you know, th- there's really no other way to interpret that one. Exactly. But Reed plays this pretty well because he's creating chaos, but he's not doing it in a way that is so transparently chaotic. So the first thing he does is he he goes through Keith's bag and he says, I want to see what this old kook has in there. And, you know, he does mention, he's like, yeah, when I watched the show, I never really liked when people went through other people's stuff. He actually said, I want to see what this old coot is sitting on. (laughs) (laughs) 
like yeah I wrote that one down that was a good one Aww. yeah and he, again he's like he's like yeah you know I, I don't like when when people do this but I feel like you get to that point when you really don't have anything to lose you're like you know what this isn't how I planned on doing things you know I like to think I have integrity but like fuck this like what, what else what else can I do so I feel like it, it does go to show like you never know what you're what choices you're going to make when you're out there. Like you might think I'm going to play the game this way. I'm going to do this, but you know, you have to be adaptable. You have to do things that you might not do in real life. Like go through someone's bag. Well, and the thing is, it's like, if you're going to do something shady, do it the right way. And he did it the right way. Because I think when people have tried something like this and failed, it's they get caught, they do it with a partner, and then that person blabs. He does it in this way where, okay, so before I get to, before I get to where I'm going, let me just say, he finds Keith's piece of paper with that says, congratulations, you found an immunity idol. And he, he, he's like, this is Christmas has come early. I've, I've found this idol. He goes and he tells Missy and Baylor. Baylor says freaking Keith of all people has an idol. And the way, so the way that he plays it off is he's like, I fortuitously stumbled upon something. I, I think, does he even say that he thought it was his bag? He thought it was Julie's bag. I think he's like that she left there. Okay. So he doesn't explicitly say that he was going through Keith's bag. And I think that's the, that's again, that's how you do something shady in a, in a correct way, because yeah, they can probably put two and two together and be like, he knew what he was doing, but they, but they can't explicitly say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, it, it did annoy me, like, because he tells Jacqueline and, and uh, Missy first, and then, you know, Baylor gets let on it, she, and she thinks it's so baffling that Keith would be the one to find the idol. I'm like, you know what, don't, you didn't find an idol, okay? Don't, don't just, don't discredit Keith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about but, to get insane. Yeah, so Keith goes into his bag, and, and he knows something is amiss. He, he knows that it's gone, so he tells Wes, he's like, you know, someone went through my bag, and Keith does not think that is right. And he just kind of ends it. He's like, different people have different values, I guess. That's my stuff. Yeah. Oh, Keith. But, you know, I'm sorry, Keith. You need to dispose of the evidence. That really was an amateur move. That's on you, man. I guess he is an amateur, though. You know, he, like, you know, wasn't a super huge fan of the show. You know, doesn't really know how these things work. I guess, like, I guess maybe in his mind, he would never go in someone's possessions. Right thought it was safe to leave it there but no you always need to destroy the evidence so Jacqueline tells John what happened and she's like where's where's yours and he says that he burned it which good on you John that was the right thing to do yeah so now we go to Natalie and Jeremy talking and Jeremy's like listen John has that idol you know I could not find it he definitely has it and you know here's where they reveal that they, they only trust each other really in this mm-hmm. game and Jeremy is like, I want to catch him in a lie, and he's the worst liar, you know, so mm-hmm. he probably can. So then goes and talks to John. And I believe th- this is with Natalie too, right? Like the right, two of them yeah, talk yeah. to John. And he's like, Yeah, you know, where you know, you you know, you've been to Exile Man, like where where would you have thought it would be? Like, where would you look? And then he, he uh, Jeremy kind of says something like, oh, yeah, but unless I thought, you know, maybe John found it. But, you know, then why would he send me to exile for those two mm-hmm. days? John does oh, not. Oh, it's masterful. It. Yeah. he And you can tell John. Jeremy has a point. John's not the best liar. He like, looks I, like a deer in headlights. Yeah. So, yeah. But he so doesn't crack. Not, he doesn't crack. Yeah. But 
I don't know. Like, I feel like at this point he could have been like literally kind of played because it is kind of the truth. He could have just been if he really wanted to continue to work with Jeremy, which I think at the time he did before all of this, he could have just been like, oh, yeah, man, I'm so sorry. I was not even thinking like I do have the idol. And like, especially after what you guys did today, like I wanted all six of us to talk and like figure out how we were going to use it. And then. When you went to exile, I was not even thinking that, you know, that was your, you know, the reason for you to go. Like, I don't mm. know. Like there was there was certainly a better or at least a different way to play it. One hundred percent. But I mean, I things I guess do end up working out in the end. But well, I mean, this is end, this is where I think the move it. This is where it gets interesting. So then. After this conversation, John tells Missy that he found the idol. He's he's like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't tell you. Please don't be upset with me. Like I, I like I'm telling you now. But here's the thing, Jeremy. You know he like he basically he needs to save himself. He needs to send Jeremy home before Jeremy blows up his own spot. And who who wouldn't I guess feel that way? But this that's is the thing. that's a yeah. Where Missy's like, you know, I've been working with Jeremy and Natalie this whole time, like to us, like not to John. Yeah. But she's like, you know, I've been working with this with them the whole time. Like this is where things get complicated, and th- I think this is really the point where Ugh. I'm like, where the hell did this John, Jacqueline, Missy, and Baylor thing come from? Like, right? No, it's like I don't to, know. I just I think it's weird. I I, I, don't, like, I just don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense because if you were if you were Missy, if you were in a couple. My my inclination would be to keep all of the individuals around because then you're basically an individual but with an extra vote. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Like like split the couples up. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. So I just don't understand like, you know, where this comes from, but like we don't really I will say all of a sudden it's time to go to tribal and we have not heard anyone either on either side say who they are voting for mm-hmm. no name is being thrown around really right. like okay like it comes to light that keith has an idol okay uh-huh. natalie had said i'm voting for reed like way 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 well, episode and then john's like i want to get jeremy out within the next few votes kind of like cash so we're going to tribal and i'm like wait <laughs> who the hell are they voting for like either of them i don't know I mean, I'll tell you what, this is a home run for Reed. He, mission accomplished, you wanted to cause chaos, you wanted to light this camp on fire, you did it. Yeah. So, we go to tribal council, and, uh, you know, J- Josh shows up, the first member of the jury. He has he's nice looking cam- fresh. He has, like, camo shorts on, but, like... Yeah, he's looking great. Like, in, like, a, fa- a fashionable way, not in, like, the way that, like, Keith may wear them. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's my dad rocks a pair of camo shorts too. There's nothing wrong with the way Keith or my dad would wear them. But as, as, as Keith once said, he's a good old boy. He's just not my good old boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, man. So, okay. Now we're at tribal. Uh, I guess we kind of start off with Jeremy talking about trust and, you mm-hmm. know, talks about his choice to give them the reward, you know, just, I guess to show loyalty. Yeah. Um, and Jacqueline's like, yeah, you know, I guess it really was the right decision for us to go with this alliance because, you know, the other ones, they might not have done that. As in, you know, the Josh Reed, Alec, Keith West alliance might not have given up their reward for John and Jacqueline, which, I mean, they, they probably wouldn't have. But 
I guess they're happy that they, you know, chose the alliance that they did. Right. This is when we get to the really juicy, in my opinion, read quote that sums up the move very well, where he says, it's not exactly selfless. It's self-serving and being selfless. It's a win-win for them. Yeah. Makes sense. then Jeff pivots the conversation. He says, has, and I mean, obviously it's like, he knows what's going on. He is leading the fook out of the witnesses here. <laughs> he says, has there been any talk of idols? It's pretty rare that at this point in the game, none have been played. You know, it's kind of surprising that everybody feels quite this comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, he, yeah, M- Missy's like, oh, the other, there's been some speculation who has oh. it. And then he goes, John, does someone have one? And John's like, yeah, I'm confident that someone has an idol. This was that was just a really weird moment because I, I think that he he hoped it would be taken as he knows Keith has an idol, but we know that John does too. Jeremy and Natalie are pretty sure. It's just kind of a weird moment. Uh, Natalie says that it's it's nerve wracking to think that somebody in her alliance could have an idol and not be saying anything. John and then Jacqueline is talking about the other alliance the foursome of Wes Keith Reed and Alec and you know she's like I've had a lot of conversations with Reed I've had some conversations with Alec the two people I haven't really talked to is Wes and Keith so if I had to take a wild guess I would say Wes or Keith have an idol and I thought I mean obviously we know that it's not a wild guess she knows they have an idol but I think this is where it's kind of a good move on Jacqueline's part because she wasn't saying we know you have an idol because we went through your bag but by the way we do know you have an idol she's much better at not I don't want to I, I never when I say somebody's lying I never I'm like oh you're a liar it's a game but she's yeah. she pulls it off much better than John definitely and then at this point you know they bring up you know mm-hmm. John John that is brings up how you know Wes never never talks to them never comes to them and you know Wes is like oh well Jacqueline never came to me either it's this whole kind of chaotic back and forth and this is what like honestly a little cocky in my opinion, like, I know it is a fact that John and Jacqueline were the swing couple votes, but John's like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you're the one trying to get us on your side. Like you're, you have to come to, I I don't know, like definitely does show like the king and queen mentality there, but they are just kind of going back and forth. And my favorite Mm -hmm. part of this back and forth is Reed's face the whole time. (laughs) He just looks so mug, but like, not like when you're insulting someone by saying they look smug, but it's like he he had a plan and he executed that plan. Everything he went perfect. Ex- he executed the plan flawlessly. That could have blown back on him if he had done one thing the wrong way. If he had been too upfront about going through Keith's bag if he had maybe talked to the wrong person first he it it really it really turned out well for him he did a good job so um at this point I guess it it is time to vote right it's time to vote and no one plays an idol could you believe that I was shocked Keith didn't play his idol um, Ashley, I know in the past few handful of episodes, um, every time we get to this point, you kind of ask me, do you know who's going home? And I, I forget, I think last, 
week maybe I did. I I genuinely had no clue who was going home. You want to know the worst part? What this is, is such a big one. I didn't know who was going home. <laughs> I, and you've seen this like four times. I knew Keith wasn't going home. Right. I did know that. But I, okay, this is what I thought was going to happen. And I don't know why I think this. And it's just crazy. I think maybe just because there are so many seasons of Survivor. I, you know, have seen a lot of them many times. And some players come back, you know, and return. So it's like gets jumbled. Mm -hmm. I thought what was going to happen was that Keith was going to play his idol for himself, but they were actually going to vote for Wes. I thought that too. I thought thought maybe Wes would go home. That's kind of what I, I wasn't positive or I was kind of like, oh, what if this whole time, like Reed had this face, like everything worked out and it actually was Reed. I did have a feeling I, that of more Reed moments that come later. I didn't see this episode in the back of my mind. So I was like, I don't think it's Reed, but I couldn't remember any other West moments. So I was, that's what, that's how I kind of look at it. I'm like, I remember particular things from my previous viewings that happened. And if I, you know, that tips me off when we're going into tribal, like, Oh, this thing didn't happen yet. So that person's safe. Right. I I think, cause I don't remember any, any more about Wes. That's why I thought it was going to be him for some reason. And Keith was going to play the idol. I, that, that's just what I thought, but I, I thought that too. But yeah. Shall, shall we get to the vote? Yeah. So we do know that like going up to vote, Jeremy writes Keith's name down. And then I think we show, Keith, I think we show Keith writing Reed's name down. Mm-hmm. Someone writes, so we're like, Oh, Keith or Reed. And I'm like, Oh crap. Like, then Keith doesn't play the idol. I I'm, I don't know what I thought. I, I knew Keith was safe, but I was so confused. So we get to the vote. It's Keith. It's Reed. Keith. Reed. Reed. And then. Jeremy. 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 That's going to be enough. Bring me your torch. Oh my God. I no, dude, I was so, so shocked. I did not think it was Jeremy's time to go at all whatsoever. Sad to see it. Sad to see it. And, and then Natalie, Natalie oh. says it best. She looks right at Missy and goes, what the fuck, Missy? Yup. Oh the, man. After the, all they did for them. That's the thing. Okay. I know what they did was technically quote unquote self-serving. And as someone on the jury, I might but. not want to reward that, but I'm not going to reward John and them either. I think that, I, I don't know. I feel like that's fucked up. I'll tell you what, if I was Jeremy and I was on that jury, there is no way in hell Missy's getting my vote like that to, to, or Jacqueline to, to, to give up your sandwiches on a boat. Oh my god. And then while you're on exile and you watch them on said boat. Oh my god. No way. And then I think at the end really, you know, we go to Jeremy and he, you know, he he was really blindsided and he he wraps it up by saying the good guy lost this time. And oh. I, I agree. I I'm so excited that Jeremy plays again and spoiler alert if you care, but it's, he really is such a fun player to watch because he does a lot of things very well. He is, he's good at challenges, but not too good. You know what I mean? He's not such a challenge threat. Like, 
the first person that comes to mind is like you know Joe who yeah. ugh, don't even get me started on Joe but like he's not so good that people are like we got to get him out because he's just gonna win all the immunities he's very strategic but his social game is so rooted in him just being a really likable nice guy he is a gentleman I'm just I yeah, I'm glad that. he's also very like he's always thinking and he's uh-huh. really good at reading too for the most part except for I guess in this case like and I think too I can't remember who said it it was someone on that alliance I I don't know if maybe it was it was Natalie someone said oh yeah I just you know our alliance needs to stick with the plan I think it was Natalie and they didn't stick with the plan like a tough pill to swallow I I knew I knew his was a blind side I remember that of course I did I just didn't realize it was going to happen so soon I know. I I think it was a really great decision to bring Jeremy back for a second chance because I I, I want him back already. I'm I'm like sad that he's gone. No, I don't know. At this point, it's just like I'm not thrilled with John and Jacqueline, and I don't like Missy and Baylor. So at this point, I'm like really rooting for the other guys. And at this point too, this is where I'm rooting for a Keith. I'm rooting for a Reed. I'm rooting for a Natalie. Also, the decision to get rid of Jeremy mystifies me. Because if you're Missy, you know that John has an idol. Jeremy does not have an idol. Why? You know what I mean? It doesn't. I guess she's thinking, oh, John told me about it so I can trust him. But it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I think she thinks, I don't know. I think they have this kind of like weird island family right now. Where like Missy's the mom, Baylor's little sis, and like John and Jacqueline are like big brother, big sister. And they like kind of have formed this couple's family bond or something. And Missy is kind of thinking exactly like, I feel like I would be thinking, wow, John's dangerous. Look what he's doing to Jeremy by sending him to exile. Why couldn't that be me? Why couldn't he do that to me? But I don't know if if she's like, oh, he told me, so maybe he'll play that idol for me. We're four strong going to the end. And Jeremy is a threat, so I guess I understand you need to get him out. But I just wonder, you could you could say John's a threat too. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know where where her decision came from to like turn on Natalie and Jeremy all of a sudden, because John and Jacqueline just joined their Alliance. I I just don't know, but yeah, I'm glad Keith is safe. I'm glad Reed is safe. I'm glad Natalie is safe, but this, this was a, this one hit hard. Yeah. So I guess it's time to pick our MVP. I mean, I, I feel like there it's, there's kind of an undeniable MVP. Reed. Yeah. I, I, Obviously, I think it, it's so fun watching an underdog. And I, I want to say there's there's such a distinct difference between an underdog and somebody who is, uh, you know, kind of like Alec and Wes at this point, I think, just quietly. You know, they're, they're kind of headed towards goat territory for me. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not doing anything. They're not, yeah. making, they're not making a splash. They're not. They're not memorable, really. I mean, they might. Wes is memorable in my mind because he eats a bunch of tacos and like says funny stuff in that moment. And then like Alec is Drew's younger brother. So he does give us some, some one liners that stick with me, but gameplay wise, no, they're off the radar. But Reed, 
I think with this game, this particular game, Blood versus Water, I really think there are some couples that kind of do everything together. But then there's there's the other couples where I feel like each individual can only shine at once. So I feel mm-hmm. like Reed wasn't really in danger because his tribe was never going to tribal really at all in the beginning. So we didn't see that much from him. And Josh, you know, he, his neck was on the line a lot. So I feel like we saw Josh shine, but I feel like Reed couldn't shine until he was on his own. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, I think, and that they kind of talked about this in an earlier episode. Yeah, obviously you want your loved one there, but you, you do feel a little more free to make big moves when you're only worried about yourself. Like would mm-hmm. Reed have been playing this hard when Josh was there? I don't know. Yeah. I do want to say 100% Reed's my number one MVP for this episode, but I, I do, even though I, I have my issues, I got to hand it to John. That was a smart move to go for Jeremy. If you, if, if it's, it's kind of kill or be killed. If he didn't take Jeremy, Jeremy was going to blow up his spot. It was only a matter of time yeah. before Jeremy was like, Hey guys, John has an idol. So in order, you know, self-preservation, he had to get rid of Jeremy. Yeah. We don't like it, but we have to, we have to kind of respect it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this episode? You know, no, I feel like we covered it all. We we did it. Let's get into our next segment. We mentioned it at the top of the episode, but we're going to talk luxury items. This is a little nod to something from Survivor Seasons Past where they could bring a book or a blanket or a flag or whatever to, or a magic eight ball. Magic eight ball. <laughs> to uh to the the game and we use it to talk about things that we're into this week outside or inside a survivor i have two or three so do you want me to kick it off yeah you kick it off because i have two ish okay i watched i binged the entire series on netflix of get organized with the home edit if you're not familiar the home edit is an instagram account uh to professional organizers that they organize the homes of regular everyday people like you and I, but they also do a lot of celebrity spaces and the way they organize it's, they very much have a brand. It's they, they love rainbow order. Uh, everything's really beautiful. It's very aspirational, but it, it really puts you in the mood to organize. I, I had it on and Which you, I, okay. I feel like you're always in the mood to organize, but this probably really, really <laughs> It's your engine running. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I was in, the episodes were still on, and I was in my pantry, like, noodling around. My, it's funny, because Matt. No pun, in, no pun intended, because you, <laughs> you actually might have been organizing your pasta by shape. I was. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, well, and it's funny, because when it first came on, Matt was skeptical. He was like, I don't know about this. But by the end of it, like, he was hooked. Like, he was like, yeah, I like this. This is entertaining. It's, uh, they just, they're, they're two like kind of business besties. Um, they, they just have like a really cute back and forth banter. It's a fun watch. It's interesting. It's interesting to see like the celebrity too. like, who doesn't want to go inside a celebrity's home, which is so funny because the celebrities like their stuff is like really not disorganized at all. It's like basically the home edit goes in and takes something that's like extremely more organized than my current life in my current space. But then they make it like, 
insanely beautiful. But then there's some regular people too, where it's like someone nominates them and is, you know, and it's like they're a good person. Yeah, I, I, I did watch a few episodes. That this the is one this thing. Is the one thing I will say is, you know, Matt watched this with me, and he was like, "Yeah, this looks great. Why don't we do that?" You know, because they have all their products. They have these like lazy Susan turntables. They have all these canisters. And I was like, "Well, you know what, Matt? I'll tell you what. One of those pantries with all of those canisters. It's probably like three, four hundred dollars in product." Mm. I've looked into it. Like to buy all of their canisters is like two three hundred bucks and it's I mean I it's not that I wouldn't go get them it's just I'm more like so I have whatever I don't want to get into a deep dive about this but I have a signature storage basket that I like to use that Target carries multiple sizes of and instead of getting them all at once which would probably be like two three hundred bucks I just kind of pick one up every time I go to Target there is a container store in Cherry Hill though and I've never been to a container store because I don't trust myself but it might be time pretty soon oh my god you're gonna have to that that'll be your luxury item this week you're gonna have to block off like a whole day I know I know what do you got um, okay, so this is definitely a luxury item because I haven't watched, I don't watch that many new shows recently. Like, I don't know what it is, but I think I, I've said this before. Sometimes I'm like, I've always wanted to watch this show, but it's like five seasons long or seven or eight. Like, and I'm like, that seems like such a time commitment. So Courtney told me about a show that there's only been two seasons of so far. So I'm like, wow, that's not that much of a commitment. You know, if I, you know, if I start watching it and I want to stop, okay, but if I like it, you know, that's only a couple days of watching, you know, if you try hard enough and spend all of your free time watching TV, like I can do sometimes. So Courtney told me about the show. It's a CW show. So you have to know what you're getting when you're watching the CW. Sure. It's going to, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like they kind of say it's like a dark comedy drama, but like. Not like when you say dark comedy, I think you might think something like like more intelligent comedy than, than what you're, you know, getting when you watch this. So it's like a mystery show and it's called In the Dark and it's about it takes place in Chicago. It's about this 20 something woman and she is blind. She lost her sight when she was 14 and she's kind of like, you know, well, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not judging, you know, her or anyone, but she definitely, you know, has a lot of, you know, casual sex with strangers and stuff. So it's like, that's kind of the, you know, they're kind mm-hmm. of portraying her as kind of just like a wild child, if you will. But she also too is like irresponsible at her job because she works at a seeing eye dog training nonprofit and her parents actually run it. And but she's very irresponsible, like showing up late, you know, being hungover, not working. So when I say like she's messy, you know, you can drink if you want. You can sleep around if you want. But I mean, she goes to a a school assembly and she's supposed to be talking to kids about being blind. And she ends up like sleeping with a teacher in Mm -hmm. like in the, you know, room above the auditorium, like the projector room in the auditorium. So, you know, she she just this, this is her vibe. But in the first episode. She goes out in, you know, her alley near her apartment where she likes to smoke cigarettes and she, she chain smokes a lot. And I think everyone can agree that smoking is bad. This is I I, I smoked cigarettes for very, very, very many years. <laughs> and and now I vape, which is also bad. So I'm not judging her either. But anyway, so she goes to smoke a cigarette 
in the alley and she like stumbles upon a body and she like, you know, because she is blind, her other senses are heightened and stuff. And like, just from like, it, this is a very fresh dead body. It doesn't smell bad. She like the smell, like the, she can tell it's her best friend, like mm-hmm. one of her really good friends. And this friend actually is a 17. She's like in her early twenties. He's a 17 year old boy, but he actually like saved her from a violent mugging and, you know, called the cops and like stayed with her with the ambulance. And so they've kind of struck up a friendship, you know, he actually like is selling some drugs and stuff. So he'll be in the alley and she'll just be like, Oh, Hey Tyson, like smoking her cigarette. So they have like a friendship and she finds his body and freaks the fuck out, goes back mm-hmm. in her apartment, calls the cops, the cops come, the body is gone. And it's this whole mystery of her trying I mean, and, and she is blind, but it's her. And then she has her roommate, who's a veterinarian. Then there's this guy, Felix, who runs the nonprofit. And they, like, she, she like, is always ragging on him. They're not, like, actually friends. And, you know, it's like this band of, you know, misfits comes together, you know, against their will, kind of. It's, like, not, like, she's like, oh, hey, Felix, you're going to help me with this. But they get in situations that they end up having to work together. And she is just seeking justice for her missing and you know in her soul she knows actually dead very good friend and you know the cops are involved too she's working it's it's this whole thing you know how like i don't want to say it's like veronica mars because you know Mm -hmm. i i know you're a huge veronica mars fan but i mean there's there's romance involved okay there's just like some you know there's some like sleuthing by both the police and you know not the police there's you know money involved there's drugs involved but it also too this this isn't an hbo show it's on the cw so you need to situations and the things that you need to take things with a grain of salt but it was like a nice like quick binge for me where it's not it's not like all heavy Mm -hmm. there is some like there's some comedy to it so i really enjoyed it so i'm not like going to bat for this show and i'm like oh my god guys you all need to go out and watch (laughs) in the dark but i would recommend giving it a shot you might like it you know what is really funny? Hmm. You you and Courtney had texted about this in our group chat, but Matt had also just watched this show that I believe is just called Dark. Oh, and I've heard of that. It's like this super scary, I think there's is like... Ger- is it a German? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like a German, like... And so when you were talking about this show in the dark, I was picturing the show Matt was watching, and I was just like, what? Really? <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, really? I didn't think Matt would be into that. Yeah, okay. No, I, well, I thought it was... I was more so like, I didn't think you guys would be into that. Yeah. That well, makes actually, a lot more my sense. Friend, my friend Danielle told me that I should watch Dark, and she, she's been telling me to watch it for years, and great. If she listens to this episode, mm. she's going to give me shit, because she's still texting me. She texted me the other day, when are you going to watch Normal People? I really trust Danielle's recommendations. Her and I yeah. are, are very aligned. I know. Uh, but yeah, so she told me to watch Dark, so maybe I'll check that one out next. Are, yeah, are, you, watching, are you watching In the Dark on Hulu? It's on Netflix. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe I will check it out. Yeah. My third item is going to be a new Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. 
Matt and I watched the preview for it and we were like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then we, we were probably going to watch it. And then I saw yesterday uh, one of our survivor faves, Wendell Holland, shared on his Instagram story that he was watching it and that it was just blowing his mind. And I was like, well, if Wendell says it, it's got to be true. I know. And- I, text, I texted you. I was like, if Wendell says you watch The Social Dilemma, you watch The Social Dilemma. <laughs> Oh, man, it was a mind blowing. It it was like a lot of things that you already know, but just weaved together in this way. They just presented such a strong argument about. Oh, I, I, I hesitate to even give it a synopsis, but it was basically about social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, and about the potential it has to be so destructive to our world and our society and not just in you know the the ways that you might think of like oh kids spend too much time on their screens but about how like dictators can really use this as a tool to really disrupt society and cause all this unrest and you know they have all these people from silicon valley all these like really like tech giant speaking to this and presenting the argument and you know at one point one guy is like yeah I think this like it could honestly lead to a civil war and I don't want to do it any injustice by trying to explain it further but it was really good it really got me thinking I I've I feel like I've been pretty transparent I am oh I spend so much time on my phone I am so bad and it's not even like you know, like value, because sometimes I'm like, yeah, I do like watching these stories. I like this person's content. This is interesting, blah, blah, blah. But like, I I really do do a lot of mindless scrolling. I'm checking it when I don't need to be checking it. And I I do want to make an effort, but I, I never want to kind of like the other week when you were talking about, I think like, you know, plant-based meals and stuff, you, I I never want to come out and be like, I'm going to spend so much less time on my phone. I'd rather try and shave off like 20 minutes each week or something, just like small baby steps. I don't know. It was. I'll get my screen time and it'll be like, you had, you know, 10 hours of screen time this week. And I'm like, I can't think of anything I did on my phone except for the occasional Google and like scrolling Instagram. Wait a minute. 10 hours for the whole week. Oh, I mean a day. Okay, I was gonna say, sorry. I was like, damn, Ashley, that's no, pretty no, good. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm sorry. Ten hours. Your day, your average daily screen time was ten hours, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, because I'm I... working, I'm working for like eight hours at least, and then I am sleeping for some of the time. So basically, the re- I will put on a show, and I'm like, oh wait, I need to rewind. I've been scrolling. My average was last week was six hours and 41 minutes and like I truly am disgusted with that when I think about six hours of my day I I could have done so much and I mean for sure always 10 mine's not always 10 but there's been times especially on a week okay say especially during I think during quarantine and stuff it's been so bad because okay say Uh it's a Saturday and I'm like I run errands for like an hour and a half two hours in the morning and then the rest of the time I'm like Oh, like in between laundry, I'm just watching Netflix or something. I will be scrolling during that time. So well, you can scroll for 15 hours. And there, there's some things that it's like if I'm if I'm driving somewhere, I'm using my phone for GPS. My screen's gonna be on. When when we're recording this podcast, I'm using my phone to look at my notes. Like it's 
So, yeah, but that's, I wish I could attribute it to like all factual stuff like that. It's mostly just like me mindlessly scrolling, but yeah. this, this did, it, it, it got me. It was very well done. It was very well done. Yeah, I do want to say, you said this is your third item. I thought you've only done one before. I this. did. This is my, oh, did I, I'm sorry. This is my second. Yeah. I think you were like my third and I was like, <laughs> did I miss one? Cause I know you have three. So you do have another one, right? Yeah. I have, I have another, I, this one. I haven't gotten too into it yet, but last night, you know, while I was like feeling sad that my cat was missing and I was like, just trying to, you know, hope he was in the house somewhere on Netflix. I don't know if you watched, watched this when you were younger, but I spent, you know, hours after school when this was on, I don't remember what channel it was on watching reruns of sister, sister Mm. and sister, sister is on Netflix now. And it is just like a blast from the past and just still to this day, such a great show. So iconic. The whole premise. Oh my God. Just seriously, the comedy, I was cracking up just the dynamic. Okay. I mean, I don't want to assume everyone used to watch sister, sister. I, I looked it up last night. It premiered in 1994. So it ran from 94 to 99. The premise is Tia and Tamara Maori. They are twins separated at birth. They live, I believe that Tamara and her dad live in the suburbs of, was it Detroit, did they say? And then um, Tia and her mom, single mom, they live in the city. And they happen to be shopping one day, the two of them with their parents. And they like run into each other and they're like, this girl has my face. And it is discovered that they are both adopted. And I don't know what kind of fucked up adoption agency splits twins up and gives mm-hmm. one. one I, I haven't gotten that far in the show, so I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure that I think that Lisa, which is Tia's, Tia's mom, just adopted her. And then I, I think that Tamara's dad was married and then and then she passed away. I think that I, this is total speculation. I don't know. <laughs> Who splits up twins and gives them to different families? That is so, that's like a parent trap situation, but actually not as bad because that was the parents doing it. So that's like super fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so then they run into each other and then it's like the situation where Tia's mom is like, well, crap, I lost my job. And she is so funny. Oh my God. The mom. I remember her being really funny. That she because and you know how like you watched I haven't seen this show in years and years and years and years like I was like definitely a teenager the last time I watched it so it's been such a long time so you know how like what you think is funny when you're a kid doesn't always translate to adulthood Mm -hmm. I was rolling I was cracking up last night watching her she's she's definitely the best part and you know Roger the the annoying neighbor comedic relief too but I guess she ends up losing her job and she's like crap we need to move to st louis and then tia and tamara they try to run away and they're like we just found each other we're not leaving each other so then tia and her mom move in with tamara and her dad and this is the dynamic where like lisa the mom is just like she's just very loud and just funny and Ray, the dad, is just, like, very, like, straight-laced and responsible. Like, their dynamic of not really liking each other, but being thrust into this situation and having to tolerate each other for the sake of their daughters that they love. It's just so funny. And, like, it just, blast from the past. Such a gem. Yeah, Everyone that's... Watch Sister's Sister on Netflix right now. I love that. 
Yeah. Well, my actual third luxury item is something that hasn't happened yet, but is about to happen. We're recording this podcast on Sunday, the 13th, and it's about to be the first Eagles game of the season. Go Birds! Oh, that's exciting. What, it starts in like 20 minutes, right? I know. I'm glad that we uh, that this timing is going to work out perfectly. Yeah. Well, for me, I will say, like, you know, obviously, you know, Philly is our city and I'm, you know, I've been to some Eagles games in my life. Like I will like tune in occasionally, but I'm not like a diehard. I want to watch the sports person, but my dad is making some game day snacks. So I might, I might hang out for a little bit and partake in those game day snacks. Oh my God. Every, every time, every time there's a game, I'm like, I'm going to make snacks. And then I don't. Uh, The snack. See, I'm here for the snacks. Oh, I'm so excited, but I, yeah, I I hope, I hope we win. I know. I hope so too. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. Me, me too. Guys, thanks for listening. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. It is so crucial for small shows like ours. You know, you don't need to write a novel. A couple sentences would do. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Idle Chatter Pod. We, in addition to rewatching season 29, like occasionally we'll go and just watch old episodes, old seasons leisurely. I'm currently watching Survivor Amazon and I'll, I'll live tweet that here and there if that's your thing. We're also on Instagram at Idle Chatter Podcast. We share, you know, anything that we might have mentioned in this episode, we'll we'll put up on our stories over there. If you're like, oh, what was that show they mentioned? We'll, we'll include all of that. So encourage you to give us a follow. And also, if you, if you liked this episode and you want to make it a little easier, go ahead and subscribe. I think I, I think I got them all. I think that's the checklist. Yeah, no, I, I know you, you just presented everything so perfectly. And I was like, do I have anything to add? Nope. No, really, really, I don't. That, that's about it. We, yeah. we appreciate your time. We appreciate you tuning in. Again, if you have not already, please go back and listen to last week's episode featuring Bryce Isaiah, yes. 28, Kagayan, host of the Purple Pants podcast. Um, yeah, make sure to check it out. Let us know what you think. And, you know, hopefully we'll have more guests in the future. Yeah, and you know what? It, it did get me thinking. And since we are getting, since it's getting down to crunch time, I we we do gotta decide what we're gonna watch next. Because oh, you know what we didn't mention is that you know they did announce this week that production for Survivor season forty one is going to be delayed again. Guys, oh. we're not looking at a new season until late twenty twenty one at the best. That's like really. God, what what an opportune time that we chose to start our Survivor podcast. <laughs> Like that, we are that really business savants. That literally would happen to us. I mean, I, I guess we, we can't predict a pandemic, but still, you, you know, know, come we're on. We're going to use this as a building year. We're going to, like, I'm not bothered. Like, yeah. this is not going to turn us off. We're going to be here every fucking week watching some old seasons, doing some interviews. But we, we do got to think about what we're going to watch next. I did post a poll in my Instagram story, or my hour, sorry, excuse me. And a lot of people, you know what? They did say that they would like to see. Heroes vs. Hero- Villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Maybe I that's what we do. That, that one is really good. I know we did talk to Bryce, too, about maybe doing um, Kageon. So I was thinking maybe that. And it's 
also really hard because I I need more Keith Nail in my life and I need some Jeremy. So mm-hmm. I wanted 20, second chances. Second chance. What's that? I think that one's thirty one. Second chances. Yeah. I, I want to do that too. But imagine we have so much time. We can do all I three. Know, we do. We 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 really do. And also too, uh, I'm also pulling for season twenty six fans versus favorites too. That's another favorite of mine. But man, I mean, okay. As much as I want more Keith in my life, I feel like if we put Keith aside and revisit him later, it'll feel more special. Yeah, exactly. I, I like almost wonder if we put, it. like, a few of them in a hat and we pick one. I know. That could be maybe, fun. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah. All right. Well, again, if you if you have any thoughts about that, let us know. You can shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. We also have a Gmail, but I'll be honest, we don't really check it. So just hit us up on social yeah. media, well, please. I mean, we, we, we used to check it, but no, we yeah. our ploys for people to email us, you know, <laughs> nothing ever came. So it's I mean, idle chatter podcast at gmail.com. A few, a few emails, but you know, yeah. it's not, I feel like in this day and age, like you said, oh, by the way, you sent me an email on Friday night and I didn't see it until like this morning. I'm like, Shit, sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, that's yeah, fine. yeah. Just you, just slide into my DMs. <laughs> or I'll, I'll I'll be more likely to see it there. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have a great week. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.